You have been led to believe that everything you have experienced isn't real. That there's an explanation. But what if they're wrong? What if something has reached out to you from beyond? Let me tell your true stories. Let me tell them. Until they all believe. Welcome to Paranormal Supernatural True Stories. This is our first podcast and it is called The Haunted Spirit. This story is my own and we experienced this in the late 90s. But before we get into the story, since this is the first podcast, I'd like to explain a little about the structure and what you can expect from this podcast. On Mondays, we will release our feature story to start your week off with a great story. And on Thursdays, for Patreons, there will be a bonus episode. These episodes will be called Shadow Files, and we will include long as well as short stories. So send those stories, no matter the length. Also, for Patreons, there will be random bonus episodes. These episodes will have listener questions and answers, listener ideas, and I'll throw a couple short stories in there as well. I invite you to sign up on Patreon. Let's build a community for ourselves, where we can discuss our thoughts and even our fears. Don't forget, if you have an experience you would like to share, send it to mytruestory at myyahoo.com. I want to thank you for spending your time with me today and hope you enjoy your visit. Okay, let's get moving with Season 1, Episode 1, The Haunted Spirit. There's a darkness in this story. And I really feel like it belongs to a little girl named Alice more than it ever belonged to me. She was the target of malevolence, and I truly feel like her story needs to be told. At least, a little bit about it that I know. The year was 1997. I, at 29, and my husband, at 43, lived with my daughter, who was around four years old. We bought a house together in December of 1997. It was an older house built in the 30s, but in beautiful condition, and it sat in the middle of seven acres. It was located in the rural area of Bullskin Township outside of Connellsville, Pennsylvania. It was perfect for my horses, dogs, and my family to enjoy. The house was about 90 feet by about 30 feet wide. It had no basement, but it did have two separate attic spaces at each end of the house, each with a pull-down ladder for access. There were three bedrooms, two bathrooms, laundry room, living area, eight-foot fireplace, kitchen, office, and dining room. I was in love with this house. It needed a little painting and basic upkeep, as it had sat empty for many years. I would go there in the evenings alone to paint. It would be dark when I got there to paint, as it was winter here in Pennsylvania. But I was so excited, it didn't bother me in the least to be there alone at night. At least not at first. After a while, I started hearing noises, scrapings, and light taps. I figured, it being winter and an unfamiliar house, that I had no worries, and I refused to let my imagination run wild. I would turn up the music, continue my work. After all, I never got a bad or weird vibe from this house, and I, I couldn't wait to move in. Plus, if there were spirits, then... Surely we could share the space in peace, right? I was in the third bedroom painting when I noticed something on the wall across the room. From my position, it resembled mold, 
As I approached the spot on the wall, it took shape. It looked very much like a woman's head portrait. Long curls coming from under a fancy hat, like Victorian era style. I stood back and stared at it and was just in awe at how very cool this was and could not believe that I had not noticed this before. It wasn't a very detailed type of thing, but the shape I described was there and everyone I showed the picture to agreed with me. They all definitely saw the fancy lady. I actually hesitated to paint over it, but I eventually did. After about a week of painting for the few hours a day I could, I began to feel very uneasy being there alone. I felt as though I was being watched, very closely watched. That crawling feeling on the back of your neck, warning you of danger and turning up the music was not helping. I thought putting up curtains would ease that feeling, but it did not. I kept telling myself, stop watching scary movies or it's just your imagination. And those things would comfort me temporarily. Sometimes I would drop everything I was doing and leave for no reason other than the intense feeling that I needed to leave. From then until about four years later, when I left, I never felt alone in that house. I guess I got used to the feeling and the events to follow didn't bother me near as much as they should have. Eventually, I finished all the painting and we all moved in. Happy to have a beautiful home, forgetting the silly feelings of being watched now that we had furniture and daily chores and our lives to live in our beautiful home. Then items began to go missing, mostly salt shakers. I would buy new ones and away they would go, gone. I questioned my daughter a few times, but she said no. She was sure she didn't take them or misplace them and swore she had no idea where they were. Months later, I found all of them hidden behind my dresser. I suppose we could blame my daughter, but I honestly believed her when I questioned her. I was making my daughter a treat to take to her Bible school for all of the kids. When I turned around and the spatula I was just using was gone. Nowhere to be seen. I opened the dishwasher to see if I had placed it in there. And when I leaned back up to the sink, there it was, right where I knew I'd put it a minute ago. Cupboards and closets would be opened in the mornings. Lights throughout the house would be randomly turned on or off to the point we thought we might have electrical issues. But we had the electrical inspection and nothing was wrong. There were strange noises in the hallway. It was like you could almost hear whispering in the closet. And the more you listened, the fainter it would get. But if you just walked past it, you would swear someone was talking in there. Doors throughout the house would open or close on their own. My husband would blame me for shutting the laundry door, but I never did. I knew it should remain open because of the dampness and it needed air circulation. I'm positive my daughter did not open this door either, as she avoided that area of the house for the most part. All very innocuous, random things that could be explained away at a sensible person's whim. I know. Things eventually progressed past the point of explanation. 
I would say that within a year, I was to the point of actually witnessing events both visually and audibly. And not just me and my daughter, but sometime later, around two years into it, my husband, my science-minded husband, who had no time for this type of thing. My husband had a very top-secret government job. To this day, I could not tell you what he did. He would tell me that he did quality control, but never details. His security level required me to actually pass a certain level of clearance, and I would fill out a yearly questionnaire. I'm just trying to establish that my husband was a no-nonsense type of guy, and he couldn't believe some of the things he would end up witnessing. My daughter attended all-day kindergarten at the local elementary school, and I preferred to shower right before she got home. I always turned the shower on before I would get into it so that it was nice and steamy when I finally stepped in. This day was no different. I steamed up the bathroom, showered, and when I stepped out, I instantly noticed a smiley face drawn on the steam in my bathroom mirror. This was not here when I got in the shower, and I was home alone. It even had the drip marks running down the mirror that a finger would have left as if it had happened a second before I saw it. There I stood, in my bathroom, naked, and staring at a smiley face, all alone. I don't know how long I stood there just trying to reason it in my head, but finally I just said, well, I guess it could be a lot worse than a smiley face. I told my husband about it and he laughed. He said, surely someone drew it there before you saw it. Keep in mind that there were always strange noises and light tappings in the house. We all got so used to it, we never could figure out exactly where these sounds were coming from. My husband always said it was the house settling. Okay, I thought, that's likely. Our bathroom had a his and hers sink, along with matching mirrors above the sink, and directly behind you, you would find his and her towel racks. My husband liked his racks to be hung perfectly and not crooked or balled up, and he would tease me about this. So one night, after washing my face, I straightened my towels behind me and turned to the mirror, and behind me, I could see the towels I had just straightened were all askew. It had happened so fast and chilled me so much that I ran to my bed and covered my head like a child. I lay there, trying to calm myself, when I could feel something near my head outside of the blanket and it whispered rather loudly help me I was instantly paralyzed with fear I could not speak or move I think if it would have said something else I might have died from fright my husband lay about two feet away from me and yet I was helpless to cry out I don't know how long I lay there but eventually I fell asleep my daughter's bedroom was a little girl's dream. Brand new white pine furniture, tons of stuffed animals, and of course, a closet full of toys. She always had an interest in music, and so she had a lot of musical toys and instruments. Sometimes she would tell me that she heard her toys playing in her closet at night. I had heard them too. I told her that electronic toys did that sometimes, and to just go ahead and ignore that. Eventually, she complained about it enough that I removed the batteries 
so that she wouldn't be so afraid and could get some sleep. But of course, they would continue even without batteries. I just wasn't sure what to do. I tried to reassure her best I could, but she was always afraid at night and would cover her little head to go to sleep. I would often feel much relief for her when she would go to her dad's house for the weekend. The backfield area behind our house was like kind of a mowed maze. I was clearing it out bit by bit for my horses. But at that time, it was like a winding mowed pathway. My daughter was out there playing one day when she said she saw a little girl in a white dress walking through the maze. My head was spinning. But I said, oh, oh, well, it's, it's likely a neighbor or someone out for a walk. Now come the events that weren't so explainable, or even funny anymore, even to my husband. This is about two and a half years into our lives there. My daughter is now around six. Our laundry room was nearly directly below the rear attic access. I had been up there a few times. There was so much stuff up there, and I loved going through it. These were things that were left there from many years ago by people I had never met antiques, letters from World War II, beautiful old dishes, pictures, newspaper clippings. It was like a little treasure trove and I had fun looking through it. I did not have fun being up there though. It was somehow oppressive up there. Like I always felt like I shouldn't be there. I felt rushed to leave every time. I would start sweating. I would get thirsty and even lightheaded. Eventually, I, I quit going up there, and I left everything up there when I moved. One day, I was standing directly below the access to this attic, contemplating going up there once more, when suddenly there was a deafening pounding above me, and I mean to say that this seemed amplified somehow as the intensity of this knocked me to the floor. I covered my head, and I lay there, curled in a ball, it was silent now, and any thoughts of going up there were gone forever. My husband usually called me on his lunch break to check in, say hello. On this day, he was sounding weird and hesitant and finally said, I have something to tell you. I was instantly worried that something had happened to a family member, but he said that when his alarm went off that morning, he turned to go to the bathroom and there was a man in our room. The man, as he described him, was dressed in an old-time looking sea captain's uniform, like the captain from the movie Titanic with the golden buttons. He said he was older with a white beard and large hands. He said the man was looking at him and talking, motioning expressively with his hands, as people do when they're excited about something. My husband said for all the talking he was doing, he could hear no sound from his mouth. Just lips and jaw moving, hands motioning and eyes excited. My husband took a step towards this man and the man moved opposingly. He said that every action that he could make, the man would make an opposite action. Finally, my husband made it to the other side of the room near the bathroom door and the captain was now on the opposite side of the room near his side of the bed, still talking and still no sound. My husband said he sensed like an urgency from this man, 
but he could never figure out what it was about. And then the man faded away. When my husband finished his story, my first thought was, you left me home alone with some random captain ghost. He said he felt no intended harm, just a sense of urgency. We never saw this man again, but we did find out more about him and that will come later. After my husband's experience with the man, he started seeing other things in our house. One night, he looked over at me and said, you didn't see that. I was confused and said, see what? He said, I just saw a parade of shadows on the wall, like a group of people walking through the living room. I, I had not seen this, but I did believe him. I did not laugh at him or think it was his imagination. He regularly saw shadow figures all through the house, but I never did. The final straw for me came one night as I sat in our living room late at night, alone, watching TV. My husband and daughter were sleeping in their rooms down the hall. The carpet in our house was fairly new, and when you walked on it, it would make a distinctive sound, especially in a quiet house. The back area of the dining room was about 40 feet from where I was sitting, and I could hear running footsteps coming toward me. It got louder and closer, and then went past me and down the hall, slamming loudly into our bedroom door, and someone screamed my husband's name. Directly after this, I heard louder, stronger footsteps, as if something large was chasing something small. The force that hit our bedroom door seemed so powerful, I totally expected our door to be smashed and broken. I sat there, waiting for my husband and daughter to come and see what was happening. Nothing. I was just so confused as to what was going on. I sat there for barely a minute or two and then hurried to bed, opening the door that was perfectly fine, not even a dent. This event disturbed me because I felt there was danger involved. I wasn't sure if it was me in danger, but I knew something dark, something bad, had passed by me that night. Was it the thing in the attic? I had not mentioned much of this to my sister previously, but the next day I called her in tears and I told her about the night before. I did not go into detail about everything else, but I told her I was afraid and I thought seriously about calling a church for help. She agreed that I should feel safe in my home and that she would look into getting me help as well. She called later that week and said Saturday she would be over with a lady that says she can clean your house of spirits. Well, that sounded good to me. What I didn't know then is how incredible of an experience this woman would be. I was in a constant state of awe during her nearly seven hour visit with us. My skeptic husband would never be the same after her visit. She changed our lives forever. She introduced herself as a native spiritualist when she came through the door and immediately asked us to be silent and have a seat. And we did. She had her eyes closed and would turn her head occasionally as if listening to something. It was an uncomfortably long time before she explained what was happening. She says, they are having a meeting about me and they do not want me here. I remember kind of laughing when she said they were having a meeting, but she, she didn't laugh with me and she gave me a look to let me know that 
this was serious and this was no laughing matter. She said that gathering their forces or energies is not an uncommon thing among the unseen. She had seen this before. She walked about her house, spending a lot of time in each room, sometimes speaking words in a language I was not familiar with. I asked my sister, where did you find this lady? And she said, a friend of a friend. My sister had never spoken of this lady before, but took the word of her friend that this was the real deal. Okay, well, we all sat there for over two hours while she walked about here and there and revisiting areas, saying whatever her words were, making motions with her arms and hands. We were getting very restless when finally she came to us and explained a few things. She began with, You have a spirit of a man who used to live here. He doesn't want to believe he has passed and he doesn't like you living here. So he steals things, opens cupboards, turns the lights off and on. He tries to be an annoyance, thinking you might leave. She went on, Next, you have a woman. Don't know where she came from, but she stays in your hallway closet, humming and doing crochet and lace work. She does not want bothered, nor does she even acknowledge you living here. I interjected at this point, and I said, I knew something was in that closet. I could hear things, and the lady nodded her head and said, Shh, please, let, let me finish. The rest of what I have to say may not be so easy. You, you may ask questions and add to it when I finish. The man in your bedroom is attached to your husband. This man has made himself guardian of him. He has been trying to warn your husband about the others. His spirit energy is simply not strong enough to make words aloud, but he tells me he has tried, and he is glad I am here. Next, there is a little girl here. Her name is Alice, and she says she lived here over a hundred years ago with her grandfather. She loves playing with your daughter's toys. She is having a hard time communicating with me right now, but I do understand that her grandfather killed her during the process of abusing her. She has been here ever since. When her grandfather finally died, he came for her, but she finds ways to hide. She said something about becoming dim, and then he cannot see her, but sometimes he catches her unaware and chases her, and when he catches her, he steals what she calls her light. I'm not positive what that means, but she exists here being forever terrorized by the man that murdered her. And lastly, you have a very dark, negative energy in the attic area. It is best to avoid that area. Alone, I am not powerful enough for such a dark force. It is not a demon, but equally as evil. To banish this negative energy would take a special ceremony with many people and could possibly take days. It's likely he will not bother you. It has no interest in you. It is content being in the attic and it does not want you up there. We all sat there, silent, staring, just trying to process everything she said. I mean, Everything she said made sense and corroborated perfectly with the events in her home. I asked what could be done to help Alice, and she explained that Alice was more terrified to leave than to stay, and she had become attached to myself and my husband. 
She said we would have to help Alice understand that it was okay to leave. She gave me a little prayer of sorts to say aloud every day, a few times a day at least, and she said that eventually Alice would make her way to where she needed to be. As for the horrible grandfather, she said that she put a protection on our property from him, but it would only hold for a while, so we needed to get Alice on her way as soon as possible. She claimed that the old man and lady had agreed to move on and were gone forever. The captain, she said, would never leave my husband as long as he was alive. She said it's not uncommon for a spirit to attach itself to a human. She said that once Alice left, then the grandfather would move on as well, leaving us with the thing in the attic. I was astounded, yet strangely still unbelieving of all this. It was just too much. Honestly, after all the activity in our house, I found it anticlimactic almost, that just a lady came and spent the day saying words and ending all of it. There was no drama, no books flying about or screaming. It was a very peaceful cleansing. This woman said a final blessing in her language, and I handed her some money, but she refused it and said, this isn't the kind of thing that is done for money. The next few weeks, I read the little prayer aloud, being sure to say Alice's name before and after. We lived there another year or so, and it was really quiet. No more events. I am sure that Alice finally found peace, and as for the thing in the attic, well, it could stay there for all I cared, as long as it left us alone. And it did. I feel bad that Alice did not get earthly justice for the crime against her, but I do feel honored to have been a part of something so beautiful as helping her to move on. The house has since been torn down, and I still wonder... What of the thing in the attic? Is it out there somewhere looking for a quiet place to exist? Thanks for being here today. I hope to see you next time on Paranormal and Supernatural True Stories. Will your experience be the next one I tell? Send all communications and stories to mytruestory at myyahoo.com. In the meantime, Leave the lights on.